On today's episode, we talked about humor and death and how important it is for all of us to laugh, even when we're crying. On today's episode, Benny and Dr. Nick talk about how they have no friends and that nobody likes them. Tune in. (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Capal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Capal, a psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Oh, that was a good one. Today, we're going to talk about humor and death, why it is so important. And we are joined again by a beautiful guest today, our older brother, Kapali. Welcome, Kapali. You just can't get rid of me. No, we can't. So, Dr. Nick, kind of get us into humor and death, why we're going to talk about it. Well, we all know in the psychology realm that humor can be a good defense mechanism. But let's let's go a little deeper than that. because. Technically, I think that a lot of people have some misnomers thinking that humor as a defense mechanism is a negative thing, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and confront that because I think that for most people, humor can be a very healthy and beautiful way to deal with the hard and at times scary topic of death. So if we can get a laugh out of it, I think it calms the room down, takes the room down to a different level, and let's club it up. You know, and speaking of a good joke, here's Kapali. Kapali, tell us a little bit about what you think with humor and and death and, and, and funerals and all that. Do you know why Carol was disappointed with her funeral home? Why is that, Kapali? Because she had a dying business. <laughs> Dad jokes. Humor is very important. Laughing is very important. It's a great way to celebrate somebody's mem- memory through tribute. So, um, and especially it, it kills awkward silences. There's a lot of times that you just don't know what to say. So, throwing a quick joke at everybody laughing that gets kind of the room open, and, and it, it uh, washes away some of that negative uh, stigma. Well, yeah, you're right. It, it is definitely a great icebreaker. Absolutely. You know, I was going to say when it comes down to the humor, um, I always I always bring up these two. Um, scenarios one is the actual death call and the other is the actual arrangement um, why I bring those up are those are they're usually the two first times that families uh, meet you as a funeral professional if they haven't met you already and I always find that the room is just completely heavy um, you can almost feel you know the the eyes are on you like who are you you know you're you're coming here i've had it all the time well they'll they'll lean up in your ear and they'll say don't take my dad away or please don't take mom away or i'm not ready for you to take dad away um so already as a funeral professional i'm coming in as the bad guy yeah it's never you know oh i'm so glad you're here i'm so glad you're darkening my doorway no the obvious reason i'm there is to to take your loved one with me um, so I always find that when a family member or if you can lighten the mood just by it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, an inappropriate joke, just anything that's going to um, even just bringing up your own, you know, like if you trip or if, you know, you close the door too loud, you know, just like something that's going to make everybody even chuckle. You know, it really helps the room just lose that weight. 
And then at that point, it, it just seems like everybody's just more comfortable talking to each other. And I'm not even speaking about just the family to me. I'm talking about me to the family as well. Just that idea that you don't have to worry about you know, them still staring at you like this is the most awkward thing. And, it, and let's be honest, silence is completely awkward when it comes to that, right? Because everybody in the room doesn't know what to say. And that's, and that's fine. But if you can make a way to kind of bridge that gap and humor tends to be the one, there's usually that one family member, especially going into the arrangements because with uh, death and hospitals, the family doesn't get to meet you at the house. And a lot of times hospitals won't let you go down the morgue. So we're coming in the back door. So the first time a lot of people meet dad and I, and eventually Kapali down the line, um, will be at arrangement. And that's the same thing. They come in, they're like, okay, this is the first time I'm meeting these people. They're in suits. They're talking about money. They're talking about caskets. They're talking about everything I don't want to talk about. And I just don't know if I really know them yet, you know? So uh, I, we, Dan and I and, and Kapali, we all try to kind of lighten the mood. And we do that by talking about their loved one first. Um, I really try to go out of my way not to lift the pencil right away. And that um, that sometimes is challenging because we have lives too. Um, but you know, the more we learn about them, there's usually something comical about them, right? Either they were um, uh, a penny pincher or they were um, um, very uh, rough or they, they told it how it was. And usually you have that son or that uh, family member that kind of throws in the joke, right? Or um, lets out a fart for no, <laughs> for no reason other than to make everybody laugh. Um, you know, I, humor is so important. And I find, you know, dad has always taught us three boys, if, if you can laugh and you can cry with the family, you're doing fine. And I, 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 there's so much truth to those words. And, you know, you hear of other traditions, um, they, they have every emotion in their funerals, right? In our, um, small town, um, funerals, you, we hear all the time, it, it, it it's too, it's too churchy. It's too quiet. It's too, uh, everybody's crying. Nobody's laughing. Nobody's, you know, celebrating. And I, I, I think that's one of the reasons why funerals aren't um, seen as, as important anymore is because to, and today, and today we need to be with today. You can get everything you need. You know, you can get, you can go on a website and get whatever you want within two days. Right. So everything is fast moving. Um, people want to be entertained and uh, they want to, uh, have more of a party and a celebration than they do the actual like wake kind of feel. But in other cultures, they, they laugh, they cry, they wail, they, they dance, they, they do everything all in one funeral. And I, you know, I, I humor is a huge to play with that, you know, and I find that, and I, I'll let the, the other brothers talk here a second. Most of the time in the eulogies, I know, sorry, Dr. Nick, the eulogies, and if you if you see a good eulogy, ninety nine percent of them that are good, always start with a joke. Yeah. Always start with a way that kind of gets everybody laughing. You know, um, something that kind of equates to the person that they're talking about. But yeah, uh, Doctor Nick, your thoughts on all that? Well, let's let's flip the coin a little bit. Why do you think that humor is? Look, I guess it could be frowned upon. And I, in my thoughts. It's this idea of what a traditional funeral home or a traditional funeral home or funeral should look like, right? It should be this. If you look at the media and stuff, it should be a somber and very robotic place to talk about the death of a loved one. 
And if you look at all the scary movies about the funeral director and how they talk like this, and they're creeping behind the person that's grieving. You know, again, what I'm saying to this is that I think the problem is, is traditionally in the way that the media displays stuff is this idea that funerals have to be a a certain way. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that a funeral should be more importantly um, at this respect to display what that person, who that person was and their legacy. And if that person was any, any person like uh, Benny Capali or I, humor is such an important part of life because I truly believe if you're not laughing at least two to three times a day, you're not living. And that is my point. But I guess what I'll throw out to you guys is maybe the problem is that this idea of what a traditional funeral home should or funeral should look like. Yeah, you know, and it's something else that uh, just a quick little study here that I, I was reading with my wife. Uh, children, children on average laugh 100 times a day. And adults only laugh if one or two or three times on average a day. And that is something to think about because children are pure and children are just, they have nothing to hide. And that always struck me as why do children laugh a hundred times a day and we as an adults can't even laugh 10 times a day? Well, let's go to the psychology part, right? We're tainted as adults. And there is this idea of a time and place not to laugh. And that's what I guess I'm asking you to is, do you feel like a lot of the population believe that a funeral is not the place to laugh? I, I don't know if it actually is like a thought or like, or if it's just like, I don't know what to do. So, because some people laugh when it's awkward, right? It's like awkward, it's awkward oh. silence, or I don't know what else to do, or I don't know what else to say. So I'll throw in this off timing joke. Um, so, and, and I've been around funerals where somebody does throw the wrong joke in, right? They throw the wrong joke in, whether it be somebody died of like, let's say alcoholism and they're, they're, they're just throwing alcohol jokes out there. Um, and for the family, you can tell, and I think that's where it comes down to, you can tell if something's appropriate or inappropriate by looking into somebody's eyes, right? I do find when somebody lets out the first joke, it's like everything else, then then the, the, it starts, right? If Because then people are like, oh, okay, I think there is like uh, that group a mentality, right? Nobody's laughing, therefore I can't laugh. Nobody's joking, therefore I can't. That's a good thought though, right? Because there is appropriate, inappropriate jokes, right? right? And I think about that is, is, is the reason why inappropriate jokes exist in a funeral because of this whole idea that we've technologically not learned what's appropriate inappropriate because we're so based online now we're talking through each other through zoom and stuff like that do you think that has something to do with why more and more people are being inappropriate if we're going to call it that well i think now in today's world we have less of a filter um and i think that's because our generation we, we, we don't want to hold back on anything, right? We want to talk about everything. We want to openly discuss everything. No question is a bad question. We, we, we can learn anything we want to. Um, I think that comes down to it. I think there is that we can say whatever we want, right? Freedom of speech. You know, um, we don't really have... I, I, I don't want to go this far, but there, that we don't say things because we know it's going to make grandma mad or we, it's going to make 
dad mad. You know, 10, 20 years ago, you didn't do that because you respected that you didn't want to make someone uncomfortable. Now we kind of just don't give a flying finagle about who we're going to offend. I mean, and with today, with Facebook, right, with, with social media where you can just say whatever you want, right, and you can rant on everything, um, I think there's less of a filter, right? Kapali, what do you think about this? Um, uh, so, and I think it's a societal issue. Uh, I have a, a friend, an amazing Jamaican woman that when she first moved over to the States, she was blown away at the first funeral she went to because everyone was silent. Everyone was quiet. Everyone was in black. And from where she was, uh, where she grew up at, it was a party. When somebody passed away, all the families would come out and they'd share food and they'd, you know, share drinks and they dance and they'd celebrate and they'd literally have fun uh, at this funeral. And she didn't understand why is everybody got to be so quiet? Why is nobody allowed to cry? You, 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 you mentioned earlier about people wailing and people showing emotion. And there, there, again, there's that, um, there's that beauty in grieving, right? And that's a way that you can show that person that you love them, that you enjoyed them, the time that you had with them. And I think that's American society. Why do we have to be so stuffy? Why do we have to be so quiet? Why can't we tell jokes? Why can't we laugh? Um, there's a song that's in my head right now that's playing over and over. It's uh, uh, the lyrics are something like um, "Above all things, boy, be a man," and talking about how you know when you and this is a man thing too, where when you grow up, you don't cry. You know, you do that in the shadows. You don't let people see that emotion because that's that's weak, and that's ridiculous because that's not how you grieve. That's not a healthy way to grieve. So, um, and then again, you're, you're talking about how social media now we're so divided and everybody's fighting and everybody's arguing. And I don't like you because you said this, so we're not friends anymore. Like community is important. Everybody needs to be together. Everybody needs to work together. And especially when it comes to death, there, there's so much respect that needs to be there. There's so much appreciation that needs to be there. We're not there to fight over possessions. We're not there to, to be petty about stupid stuff that happened. You're there because you love this person. This person, you know, you, you, you laughed with them, you cried with them, you enjoyed being with them. So a humor is a great way to get that out too. It's a great way to get people to talk. It's a great way to get those stories out. So I do think that's a societal issue. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I'm, I, and we brought it up. Like, I think all emotions are important. And I think that's why humor is important. It's part of our human makeup. Um, as much as we're born to die, we're born to laugh, right? So why, why can't we do that? Um, I do agree there are certain... Uh, uh, Dr. Nick always says there's a place in time. That's one of his big uh, things. Time and place. Time and place, whatever. <laughs> really? You're going to be mad about that? Either way. You said place and time. Either it's way. Time and place. Either way. On, that's my quote, right? At, at, there is times is to, to do... Um, and I do agree there are times or there's been jokes where... I think if you're honestly doing a joke in, in good manner and you're doing it for the spirit of the time... It's it's going to come out good. I think some people are purposely saying jokes because they're uncomfortable about something, and that's where tends the the jokes are they're not taken well. But I do find that usually there is a goofball in the family, and that goofball is there for a reason, and that reason is is to break the silence. It's to break that stuffy, heavy room, and for ten seconds, forget about the sad part of grief and realize the good in grief and the humor and the love and the actual beauty that well, is death. And if done respectfully, that does help aid the healing process too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because if you can laugh about it, you can kind of start moving on from it too. Well, and I think I think there's also like if we can be honest about ourselves and and joke on ourselves about our grieving process and about what we were doing and why did I punch the wall and you know why did I why did I cloister up and why was why did I, I wear a tie that had birds on it you why know, did I wear a tie why did I wear an orange shirt with an orange bright hat and uh, if only you listeners could see our outfits um, you would be very confused uh, but you know I, I honestly going back to you I think humor is important. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we all can agree humor is important and it's extremely important when it comes to death. And I think anybody who says any different um, may, may, may want to have a good laugh. But I think the key, though, is respectful humor. Like you yeah. said, it's yeah. respectful humor. As long as you're doing it in jest and not doing it to be a prick, that's a big win, too. Yeah, not malice. It? Don't no, use humor in malice. not helping anything. Well, yeah. again, time and place, right? The time you don't bring malice into a funeral. It's a place in time. Not, that's not appropriate. That's not how people want to remember this person. I think you it know? should be place and time, Doctor Knight. Absolutely, it's time and place. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that being said, guys, I got a question. Do you think that this could be a conversation you two could have with the family when you're sitting with them, setting up the the funeral? Like, say, hey, do you got the goofball in the family? Because you might want to consider maybe putting them as the eulogist. Well, when you have Capali in a room with a face like he does, we won't really have to set up the jokes. But uh, honestly, we always say it in uh, arrangement that if we can laugh and cry together, we're doing okay. So I think that kind of does set up the room that, okay, these guys are... No, no, no. I'm saying, like, do you you think that might be a a future recommendation? Just set up up the comedian in the family? Just say, like, is there a goofball in the family? You might want them to be the one that does the the starting of the eulogy, right? Just to get people comfortable do i don't we know set up a, a, do we set up a stage and a mic and have an open mic situation i mean if there is a stand-up going on maybe 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 the person the deceased person was a stand-up comedian yep the, yeah absolutely and uh um uh kelly who's a behind the scenes on this we're, we were just talking about if a comedian dies shouldn't the whole funeral be some sort of a joke right and the idea i brought up was like or you could be like Andy Kaufman, where nothing's a joke, because that would be the way he would deal with his comedy. Or everything's a joke. Well, and once they're dead, if they were a stand-up comedian, wouldn't they be a lay-down comedian? Okay. Dad well, jokes. I think with yes. the ending of that, I think we should go into our favorite portion of the show. Q&A! 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 Everyone loves that Q&A! All right, let's hit the first one. You guys ready for this? Yeah, yeah, yes, would be great. Guys. Yes, yes, we're ready for you, Doctor Nick. Um, what are some things you can do to lighten up a funeral? I've been to some very depressing funerals. At my funeral, I want people to laugh at least a couple times. What's appropriate humorous things? What's appropriate humorous things that you can do at a funeral? What do you guys think? Well, one one of the things you guys already talked about is maybe opening up the eulogy with a joke. That's a great way to break the ice right away. A couple of things that I found that uh, families do when they come into funerals that make things kind of lighten the lo- lighten the load. Um, one of the big things is the pictures they put on put on the boards or the movies. Right? If if you have grandpa doing a silly face or with the kids doing things, that's the kind of stuff to put on there because the, everybody looks at that and says, yep, that was, that was Carl or that was Sam or that was Samantha. You know, another thing you could do is, um, the music you play, right? You don't always have to play the elevator music 
Um, you could play other things that are, that represent that person. Right. So maybe you didn't get into heavy metal, but you knew, you know, Clyde loved it. So, you know, the parents will come and be like, well, that was Clyde's music. He'd have that up into two in the morning and blah, blah, blah. You know, these, these are all things I think really to do the best is just to tell stories right away. Right. Um, it's kind of, I I don't know how this is all started, but it's almost like visitations are like, you do the same thing everywhere you go. Right. It's like, it's like a a norm, whether it's actually a standard or, and it's, you go up, sorry for your loss. And then you walk out, right. It's like a, it's like an open and open and closed, um, revolving door. Um, unless you're part of the main family and then you're kind of like stuck there for the whole day. Right. So like, why can't we do things to difference? You know, and I try to do that. I try to come in and I'll, you know, I'll come in. And that's another thing with funeral directors. When we walk into a room, everybody gets quiet. And I don't know if that's a respect or if that's like, we don't know what to say around this creepy guy, but I always like, like I lighten it right away. I'm like, Hey, you don't have to like keep quiet around me. You know, I'm not going to bite you, you know, (laughs) you know, and everybody just kind of moves on. But like little things you can do or, you know, um, really ask people stories about the person instead of just like, I'm sorry for your loss. Most of the time they want to talk about their loved one. They don't necessarily want to talk about their own feelings. So bring up that person. Or if you have a story, instead of like going up and being like, I'm so sorry for your loss. My condolences be like, Hey, when I, when I was driving here, I thought of this story, right? Cause that's when you think about all these stories, when you're driving to the the visitation, um, I remember uh, going with my friend to a visitation. We ended up in the wrong place. We actually brought a funeral director ended up in the wrong funeral home for a friend's loved one because we thought he thought um, it was at a different funeral home. So I remember walking up to the family and realizing, and he realizing it is not his loved one in the casket. And I remember them asking me and being like, oh, you know, you're kind of looking like you're in the wrong place. This is the main family realizing that these two kids in their teenage years came to the wrong funeral. Right. And I'm a kid of a funeral director. And I just remember they were so nice and they were laughing. They were like, oh, yeah, we've all been there. And I'm like, I, I hope not a lot of people go to the wrong funeral because this is the most awkward thing ever. But I think like being honest, being open, bringing up stories that they don't hear. And that really bring that person back to life, right? So I, I think we need to, as a society, rethink of how we um, talk to each other. Dr. Nick and I have already talked about the do's and don't say's at funerals. Um, and I think that's part of it. Instead of doing that and following the same suit, go up to somebody and be like, hey, before I forget, here's a story about your loved one that I experienced that made me laugh or made me smile today. Those would be the things I think could lighten up funerals and make it so different, right? Right, Capali? Or maybe just coming in and singing a song that that person loved. Even if you have a horrible voice, singing it, singing it loud and proud. Beautiful. Let's, 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 let's move on to the second question. So the second question, Burial in Space. Uh, I've been doing a rewatch of my favorite sci-fi series, and whenever a character dies, they do basically a burial at sea. The dead character is just shot into space, usually in a steel coffin, uh, sometimes just wrapped in a sheet. It got me thinking, what would happen to a dead body just floating in space? Would it just float endlessly? That's a great question. I don't know. I, 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 unfortunately, I am not a physicist, and nor am I a um, doctor in space uh, information. But what I would think, though, honestly, just hearing that question and, and exploring that in my own head, I, would, I, I, I guess I, they would float endlessly, right? Endlessly. 
And that's a good question because if you think about, you know, I don't remember where I wish I, I wish I had this in the, you know, just in my memory bank, but I was listening to this uh, physicist talk about what happens to us when we die. And one of the main things that he talked about was this idea of um, parts of our energy, our neurons, our um, axons, all this stuff that I really wish I knew more about. Oh, Dr. Nick. Um, but the reality is, is this idea that even though our body decomposes, even though all, you know, we pretty much cease to exist, there is parts of us atoms wise that floats around for, I forget, with like thousands of years. And it just makes me wonder, like this reality of, you know, when you think about space and in this idea of endlessly floating around, realize that there's a lot of dead people that neurons are still endlessly floating around the world that we live in. And it just amazes me to think about, you know, how in tune we are to the planet and the environment and all that stuff. Because if our neurons are continuously floating around and knocking into other neurons, which that's what they do, that means that we're still having relationships with others after we die. It's an interesting thing. I think I'm going to answer this scientifically. Um, yes, you would actually cryo-freeze because space is cold. But the, the, you wouldn't just say they're endlessly because there is things that could happen. You can go into a wormhole, which would literally... Or gravitational pull. Blow right? up every, ac- every neuron in your body. So your body would just literally like just blow up. Or you could go, you could be hit by a, uh, an asteroid, mm-hmm. you, or you can go into any atmosphere of a planet or a sun, and you would be burned up. Well, there, there, there is a possibility that you would never have any of that happen, and you would literally float. Correct. I mean, endlessly. you st- you still see the satellites that are up there, right? Maybe um, you maybe you'd be part of a satellite. I, I we know. need to know the directory, is but they're like, being shot into I know space, so you really, keep you would I, keep going. I think this sounds really morbid, but would you hit a satellite like a bug hits a you know, like a, a front windshield. What if you were picked up by an alien and their society, they could bring back the dead and they bring That's you back true. and then you come back as an alien or would you come back as a human? Or what if you- or you're half robotic. So you'd come back as a, uh, uh, what do you call that? Where you're half, half human, half robotic sentient. <laughs> sentient is anything that has a soul. No, what do you, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you call sentient? What was Robocop? He was a, uh, Oh, cyborg. Cy- is that right? Is this a cyborg? You could come back as a cyborg. So I don't know. These are all, you know, these are questions, right? These are all good. And Nick, I really liked you going into the 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 auras and the 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 uh, the axons. The I mean, that that's part of that's part of it. Energy. We become energy, right? We become so your energy does continue. So when you hit a ball, like a a professional baseball baseball player hits a ball into, she becomes space energy. Do you knock up against maybe a someone who died who would love baseball? Their neuron. Who knows? You may come up with an alien. Maybe they're still this on alien. the baseball diamond. I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, I Paulie, think that... we got to end it with you. What do you think? Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo who? I know it's tough. I miss Jim, too. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, remember to send us your questions. Let's talk about deathpod at gmail.com. You can also direct message us on Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Um, please like us, review us. If you have Apple Podcasts, reviews are very important. Put the five stars. You know, tell us to your friends. If you know anybody that's in the death field, whether it be a hospice nurse or a palliative care or a death doula, 
you know, send us, send them our information because I think they can get a lot from this uh, episode and more episodes and we can learn from them too. So please send us out because honestly, if you're not talking about death, you're not, not living. living. Oh, by the way, knock, knock. Who's, Who's there? there? Bread and butter. Bread and butter who? Spread the word about us with other people. Great joke, Dr. Nick. Good night.